Well, listeners, guess what? It's The Critic. And before you listen to this wonderful, exciting episode, The Ref and I are coming to you to bring you some important news. Yay! Yeah, go ahead, Ref. What do you got to tell us? Well, look at We got a nip tuck and a facelift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Did I wear? Yes. You know what? A little <laughs> bit here and a little bit there. Our website, www.whywatchthat.com, is all brand new. It's amazing and it feels good. Oh. On it. We have uh, all of our reviews, all of our podcasts, and in addition to all of our interviews that we do, the ones that we, we've done uh, recently and some old ones that we did in the past, as well as a new feature section of What's Coming Soon. Yes, there you can get the latest movie posters, you can get the latest movie trailers, it is a great web experience. It sure is. And in addition, everyone, if you don't know, and if you haven't done it already, on SoundCloud. Yay! SoundCloud.com. You can follow Why Watch That Radio. Sometimes we release things a little early and you'll be missing it if you don't do so, okay? That's right. And that will be on our site too. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And like us. The other thing we do want to say to all of you is we love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. You mean the world to us. You mean the world. All right. (laughs) On this episode of Why Watch That, Little Paige is starting to rope people in like a Soviet spy. Mm -hmm. Little Paige is using her feminine wiles on the FBI agent's son. Okay? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh huh. It's probably not the preacher you want speaking at your funeral. Because you <laughs> may have caused a funeral. I, who knows with this guy? Well, th- it depends on who's attending your funeral. Yes, that's okay. true. <laughs> she senses this malevolent spirit. Mm-mm. After she comes to, she says to Ed, as as close to hell as I ever want to get. Oh, no, 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 thank you. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we still talking about TV? <laughs> I was about to, I, wait a minute, I was... I thought maybe there was uh, an alarm that went off. I <laughs> well, yes, listeners, we are still talking about TV. Now, you thought we ended our television conversations with the TV finales, but things are getting started up. Well, some things are ending, so we'll just go ahead and catch up on television for this wonderful session. Slash. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Segment <laughs> <laughs> is what I was searching for. Now, listen, um, if you know anything about anything on Twitter when it comes to uh, movie and television, it is buzzing all around. The effects of effects... With the Americans. People are just eating up the Americans. And they're done for the season. They're coming back, but they left us hanging, I hear. Well, they always do. Now, you know, the Americans, of course, everyone, if you don't know what it's about, 
Oh, man. How can I help you? Listen, we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. Like, really get on it, people. I know. Really. So, of course, there are two Soviet spies. It's the 80s. They're living in the United States, and they are pretending to be Americans. They have two kids. They live a real children. That's right. Two real children who are now teenagers. Ooh. Ooh. And across the way lives an FBI agent. <laughs> yeah, they're great friends with him. You know, the kids visit him. He visits them and has dinner. It's all wonderful. So, uh, of course, the great Carrie Russell plays one of these Americans. And uh, Matthew Reese is her husband. And Noah Emmerich is the guy across the street who's the FBI agent. So look at here, everybody. Let me tell you. In this uh, latest season, where we end is Paige, their oldest child, older child, the daughter, Mm-hmm. She's found out the truth. She knows that happened at the in the previous season. Well, now she is being pulled into the game. Okay, yes, because she wanted to put her nose in the other people's business and do certain things that put people in danger. So she had to rectify it, notably with a preacher. So they're like, "You want to go to church?" <laughs> So she pulled him in, and there's this whole thing that goes on with that ref. So what we're seeing is this in this season. Okay. Most notably, little Paige is growing up. Ooh. Little Paige is starting to rope people in like a Soviet spy. Mm -hmm. Little Paige is using her feminine wiles on the FBI agent's son. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh huh. So the question is, who is she going to be more like, her mother or her father? Because at the end of the season, her father says to Paige, after she comes from dealing with that son, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do any of that, Paige. That's where they ended. And the mother, Carrie Russell, is looking out of the window at them as they walk back. Uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-huh. You know, that is just so complicated. I love what they're doing over there at FX with American, the Americans. Yeah. It, is, it can only grow from here. And um, can I just say, as we're ending here, this is how you develop a story that takes forever. If you want to take forever, this is how you do it. It's a spy story. Dylan Baker, by the way, shout out to you, brother. He Ooh, was in hey. Yeah, and he won't be in the next one, I don't think. <laughs> well, you know what? Talking about uh, uh, just some interesting developing plot lines, Penny Dreadful is back at it again on Showtime. Yeah. She, um, I just saw it in advertising, like, what do, what do you do when you've been hunted for all your life? Or I, I, I was just like, this poor woman, she's just going through all her ups and downs. But she is, you know, eating people, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's happening this season, actually? We won't say that. That's right. This season, the third season, um, (sighs) finally we're getting her actually in the same room physically as these threats. (laughs) No, seriously. I know. Finally, we get to see Dracula. He has finally appeared in the flesh. Good gracious. We also get to see, oh, it's not just... Dracula, it's the devil. It's like, oh. and they're like fighting each other for her. Okay, what? Uh, old so boy. much going on. That is so much going on. I know. Josh Hartnett as the werewolf, he's doing his own thing. He is really embracing his dark side. We get to see who his father is, played by Brian Cox. <laughs> I love Brian Cox! Yeah, so he goes back to America and has to confront his father. That's a big thing. Um, Patty Lapone is back. <laughs> but this time, she's a psychiatrist of, uh, of Eva Greens. 
Okay, so that whole thing is crazy. Let me just say this. This show, this show, when it really gets going, when they advance the plot, oh, it is really great to watch. Every now and then, they just slow it down too much. Yeah. Okay, I'm ahead of you. I already know. So this season starts off really well. It hits a little lull in one episode, then comes back. So overall, so far, I'm happy. I'm cool. All right, Penny. Yeah. Um, you, you just you can keep on dreading. Now, uh, Netflix has released Bloodline. Um, it is definitely back for its second season. And... We're figuring some stuff out, I'm hearing. People yeah. are being interrogated. Who's aligned with who? I, it's just confusing. Now, this one, everybody, you do have to have patience to watch Bloodline. Uh, some people just can't take it. They just can't take how long <laughs> it takes for them to move through. But what I'll say is this. The, the consistent part that's good is the ensemble. Mm. Those actors, I'm willing to watch them. I mean, wonderful Kyle Chandler. We have Sissy Spacek. We have Linda Carlini. We have Norbert Leo Butts. All kinds of people. Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Now, the first season, Ben Mendelsohn, to me, was the major draw. His character has um, had a, a little shift in, in life. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's, moved, he's moved on. But the tentacles of what he's done is still in the the guts of this show. They can't get rid of the man. The only problem is we don't see him as much as the first season. So to me, it takes a dip just for that reason. But Kyle Chandler, the main person here, who is trying to keep this family on the right track and not get pulled off. And you get to see how he gets pulled in all kinds of directions. He's got people coming at him going, I know what you did. He's got other people going, we know what you did in another case and I have it on tape. Ooh, okay. ooh. We got people, Ben Middleton's uh, friends, hiding in wait, and Ben Middleton's character has a son who showed up at the end of the first season. Oh, crow, crow, wow! Let me tell you something. He's the spitting image of his father, not only in look but also in deed. Uh oh. Okay. All right. Maybe they need to pull um, Doctor Frankenstein from Penny Dreadful in here. You know what? Because he, you know, now he can fix people's personality. There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness! Moving on, Clever Man on Sundance is uh, premiering. It's not. This is its first season. We don't know much about. I didn't know much about it. Well, Clever Man it comes to us from the Aussies. Hey, hello, thank you, Aussies. Thank you. Uh, on the Bobby. <laughs> that totally was not. That was so bad. Was that bad. was horrible. Yeah, it was really bad. No, that was actually very entertaining for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually based on an Aboriginal um, myth. So uh, the clever man is actually a person who can go between the dreaming world and the waking world. Mm. So it's it's essentially like a shaman, a conduit between those two worlds. So he has these kinds of powers and it is passed from one clever man to another after the former clever man dies. Okay. So that's clever man. This TV show, it gives us two brothers, two half brothers. So you know what that means. Two yeah, half brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the older brother thinks he's going to be the next clever man. The younger brother wants nothing to do with it. So he's going to be the next clever man. <laughs> now, also thrown into this story is uh, the hairy people. And yes, that's H-A-I-R-Y. Why does it sound like Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, literally they have hair all over themselves. Okay. Now they also have supernatural strength. 
and and then they throw in how because this is also a part of the aboriginal myth so they throw in how they are ostracized by society because they've just been recently discovered okay they've been in hiding and they've been recently discovered so they get treated the way you think they get treated okay okay so what i'll say for this is um if this sounds interesting i mean you can check it out is it perfect no the writing can be a bit blunt it has the nuance of a hammer at times um (laughs) so it it, you know every now and then it's just kind of like come on really I'm still watching it. I'm not sh- quite sure what to do with it all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the middle of good and bad. I don't know where to put it. Okay, I'm going to let you go ahead and check that out because I, <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't sound like my thing. Feed the Beast. David Schwimmer is not the friend you want. <laughs> or maybe he is. <laughs> um, on AMC, it's here. It's there. Yeah. Uh, what's going on here? It's a cooking story. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, like you said, David Schwimmer stars as a sommelier. Now, this sommelier was in business with his wife and his best friend, who's played by Jim Sturgis. (laughs) So, Jim Sturgis is the chef. Uh, and the wife is the, you know, the 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 sauce of, of the whole enterprise. She Ooh, nice out, metaphor. Yeah, she picks out, you know, the decor and all of that. But the wife is dead. So the question is, can they continue this whole enterprise without her? The chef, Jim Sturgis, in the first episode is in prison. He burned down the restaurant, okay? Prison. But he can cook, so he gets treated well. He gets out early for a specific reason. Okay, because there are people after him for burning down that restaurant. The mob think that. For David Schwimmer's character, he really has lost his joie de vivre. Okay. Oh. His wife is gone. He, you know, he's now selling wine, but he doesn't really respect his customers. So you have that. He also has a young son. Well, not too young, but a son who stopped talking after the wife died because the son saw it happen. So he no longer says anything. And David Schwimmer's father is this racist guy with a lot of money. Okay. Because the son, by the way, is mixed because the mother was black. Uh oh. You have snap, all these. Snap, 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 snap. It's just a lot of stuff going. It's even more to the story that I'm not going to so bore. This is definitely a comedy. <laughs> not. <laughs> but here's the problem it's just not that compelling. Like, I don't quite care. Uh, and, and this is what I'll say it's, it's a lot of downer stuff, as you can tell, as I said. Yeah, yeah. Moments where it's brighter. They attempt it when they're cooking, but they need to go further. Like, I need to see when David Schwimmer's character is talking about wine, he comes alive. We have that contrast. When Jim Sturgis is cooking, they do it a bit, but they can do it even more. He's just in his element, and he turns into a good guy because he's not a good guy. Like, that kind of thing. I think if they dialed it up a bit in those moments, then the contrast would be a bit better. As it is... I don't know everybody. I mean, if you really love stories about food, I would say, yeah, check it out. It's not horrible. But if if you're not really compelled by that, it's so familiar. And I hate saying oh, that. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. so familiar that the execution has to be better to draw you in. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Let's end this with Preacher on AMC. Now, this is based on a comic book from DC's Vertigo line. And it's... It's probably not the preacher you want speaking at your funeral because you <laughs> may have caused a funeral. I, who knows with this guy? Well, th- it depends on who's attending your funeral. Yes, that's okay. true. <laughs> so uh, this one is hard for me to describe because it is a strange piece of work. And the first two episodes do nothing to clarify it. Okay, <laughs> so let's just start right there. Um, there's this uh, energy 
I'll call it, going through the world, trying to find a host, meaning a body. Uh, and we see it just roaming through in the first episode. We don't know what it's doing. We don't know what it's looking for. It enters all preachers, though. They're all preachers. So it'll enter their body. The preacher will go. They'll have this epiphany and go, I, I know everything or something like that. I know. And then they'll explode and it'll leave them. So it's on the hunt for the right body. God forbid that it doesn't like you. What is with this segment? It's the strangest life. Look, I know. Now. Oh my gosh. Dominic Cooper plays the titular preacher. And you know what happens with the energy in him. There are two guys, one tall, one short, who are tracking this energy. We don't know what they're about. Dominic Cooper's character also has two people from his past who are here to just be annoying. One is a woman played by Ruth Nega. She's his ex, and she wants him to be violent again because he used to do all kinds of vile things. He's left that behind to become a preacher. So she wants to pull him back into the darkness. Uh, The other character, his uh, best friend, is played by Joseph Gilgan. He's he's an Irish character, and he has a little secret to himself, too. So, like I said, it's so hard to follow. What I would say is, okay, who would watch this? If you really like twisted stories, if you like to see a little bit of of violence as well, uh, maybe a little bit of a Western into it as well, then you can check this out as long as you don't care about understanding what's going on in the moment. (laughs) Who knows when they're actually going to explain all this stuff. I was compelled most by that energy. You don't get enough of it, in my opinion. Uh, The rest of it was tedious to me. It looks great. I do like the cast, but just logically, it's hard to follow. And even emotionally, because it's fine if it's not logical, but I've got to feel it then. I don't even feel it. Wow, that's a good review, actually. Thank you so much, Critic. You are amazing. I can't believe you sat through all of these. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's right. (laughs) You know what? The funny thing is, is Finding Dory is coming out this week as of taping, and you might need a little sunshine after all of that. Yes. Did you know? Part one. Critic? (laughs) Ref? I have no, finally, it's me. Uh, again, another did you know. Oh, my goodness. Right, right, right. Okay, okay, okay. I have a good one. Which actor? And you know this actor. Oh. Everybody knows this actor. Ooh. Which actor has already been a part of three, yes, three Disney movies this year? 2016. They had three Disney movies this three year? Disney, <laughs> Disney movies Ooh. this year. Oh, you know what? <laughs> You know, okay, of course, let me think about it. I'll yeah, get you're going to think about this one. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. Did you figure it out or? Well, wait a minute. The Disney movie I know is The Jungle Book. Yes. 
But Lupita was in that. Um, well, there were a ton of people in that one. Idris was in it. and um, Yes, he was. I think Dory is coming out, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead and tell oh us. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'll tell you right now. Idris Elba. Oh. Oh. <laughs> He's in Zootopia, Jungle Book, and, of course, Finding Dory, which comes out this Friday. And he's coming out in Star Trek the next week or the week okay. after, whenever... I just want to see Idris's face again, okay? <laughs> all this voice work, he's hiding behind masks. Can I just see your face? But look, <laughs> you can check out Luther. That's what he said. Oh, I might do that. <laughs> Back to why watch that. A why watch that sneak peek. Well, listeners, we have another sneak peek for you this week. <laughs> oh, and this one may have you rattling in your boots a little bit. I'm sure it did the critic. In fact, <laughs> he was able to catch a sneak peek of The Conjuring 2. <laughs> it's coming out June 10th. Yes, that's right. June 10th to a theater near you. Now, The Conjuring is directed by James Ran, Juan, Juan, mm-hmm. Juan, and uh, it's written by Corey Hayes. It's written by a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, Corey Hayes, his twin brother Chad Hayes, James also helped write it, along with David Leslie Johnson. And it stars Vera Farmiga, Patrick Wilson, and Francis O'Connor, among others. Now, this ain't your mama's movie. <laughs> well, it depends on your mom. It might be your grandmama's movie. Your grandmammy. <laughs> so here's what happens. It's 1976. Uh-oh. We're in Amityville, New York. Oh, boy. And you know what that means. There's a home that has been haunted. And a couple of investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren, Mm-mm-mm. are there to see whether this is real or not. Okay. <laughs> We know what happens. Lorraine, she has a connection to the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And has, has one too, but it's different. She senses this malevolent spirit. Mm-mm. Okay? After she comes to, she says to Ed, that's as close to hell as I ever want to get. Oh, no, 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 thank you. Cut! To Enfield, England. There's a family. Four kids, one mother. Oh my gosh, I can't take this. Look, the father's gone, Ref. The father has hightailed it out of there. The younger daughter, who's actually the second oldest child, is caught with a cigarette at school. (laughs) The youngest child, who's the younger brother, stutters. Now, the younger daughter misses her father dearly. So she has this makeshift Ouija board. Oh, see, you know what? Nope. And she wants to connect with the spiritual world to find out whether he'll come back. Mm-mm, mm-mm. She enlists her older sister to help. They try it out. It doesn't work. Sure not. She throws the board under her bed and goes to sleep. Now, wait a minute. A little later... She gets a little visit that she wasn't expecting. You know what? See, why people play with that? Why do y'all play with that? And this spirit, she says, get out. And the spirit says, this is my house. (laughs) 
cut back <laughs> to Ed and Lorraine. Lorraine, by the way. Oh my gosh, this is so forever. We're about to end it. Lorraine, by the way, <laughs> if you saw the first Conjuring, you know that she, it takes a toll on her to deal with this paranormal stuff. Okay, she can't take it. She tells Ed, look, we've got to get out of this. I'm seeing these visions. I see you dying. But this family in Enfield, England needs their help. The Catholic Church has come to them and said, look, can you go over there and check this out? We don't know whether this is real or not. We want you as unofficial emissaries to see what's going on. Reluctantly, they agree. And the question is, everybody, is this real or not? Okay? And is Ed's life in danger or not? You gotta go to the movie theater to see whether that's true or not and to find out even more. Bam! Oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> now look, now, now look. So that's what happens. Let me just give you the breakdown. Please, quickly. James Wan, James Wan, the director and co-writer, he knows movies. Like movies, not films. Movies. He wants to entertain you. He wants you to get your money's worth. Look at his filmography. You'll see why. I was a huge fan of The Conjuring, the first one. And you know what? I really enjoyed the sequel. I really enjoyed it. I did, if you couldn't tell before. Is it as scary as the first one? No. Um, but it's scary enough. It's funnier than the first one, though. That was interesting. It's, the camera is on the prowl. It goes through walls. It goes through uh, windows. It follows the people up and down everywhere. It has that wonderful period piece look to it because it's the 70s. Uh, you get that throwback feel of horror, which I like. I like classic horror. They bring it. The actors are right. Vera Farmiga has the perfect look, the perfect sound. She knows what she's doing. Patrick Wilson is a great foil for her. Frances O'Connor, if you didn't see Mansfield Park with her in it, check it out. But Frances O'Connor is perfect as the mother. The little girl playing that 11-year-old who gets possessed. You know what? Mm-mm. Madison Wolf, great. So if you are interested in horror this summer and you want to be entertained for your money, go see this. It's only like about 15 minutes where I was like, mm, maybe we could cut it, but who cares? Who cares? And let me tell you, at the end of this rap, no one left the theater. <laughs> there were people who tried to get up early. They stopped and turned and stood and looked until it was over. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So it, it's it's a it's a nice sequel to The Conjuring. Uh, you may not like it quite as much, but you will like it. I'm telling you, you will like it if you like the first one. Check it out. Oh right, Ref. Or excuse me, Chris. <laughs> it's now my mind. My mind is being toyed with. <laughs> you heard it here, and you heard it here first. And now the pick of the week. It's the critic introducing pick of the week. Can you believe it for once? What? Yeah, it's finally my turn. It is your turn, and this time we are going to highlight Downton Abbey. Very familiar. This is now available, everyone. All six seasons, every single episode, all 52 on Amazon Prime. Are you going to do this whole thing in an English accent? Why not? So let's just say the wonderful Julian Fellows created this, wrote oh my a lot of it, and it's starring so many people, so many chaps and ladies. Let's oh, gosh. Okay. Hugh Bonneville, Laura Carmichael, uh, Jim Carter, Brendan Coyle, Michelle Docker, we have Joanne Froggart. 
Rocket, <laughs> who won the Golden Globe, of course. Uh, Rob James Collier. We have uh, Phyllis Logan, Elizabeth McGovern. Oh my gosh, wonderful actors and actresses, and we all know, Raph, that this is one of your favorites. So go ahead. Absolutely, this is one of my favorite. Um, I think of all time uh, television series. It is, of course, as you said, created by the wonderful Julian Bellows, who also did Gosford Park. If you yes. didn't know that, and kind of swept the Academy Award for that. And we were just talking, how do you top this? Well, it's the beginnings of the 20th century. Um, we're going from one old world in England to the new world. The aristocracy is feeling the pushback that basically their world isn't going to be the same. How do you maneuver through World War One? How do you maneuver through the roaring 20s? How do, you, how do you start smelling the changes that are coming with the Great Depression in America and how that affects them in England and of course setting up for World War II? Now, the reason why this is a pick of the week is because finally, as you said, it's available on Amazon Prime seasons one all the way through six. This is what you should do. This is why it's the pick of the week. Julian Fellows lays out quite perfectly the story of Downton Abbey, that estate. If you want to binge watch or watch again, I suggest this is the time to do it. It's all there. It's all available. And you get to see the complete arcs of each of those epic characters from Bonneville's character holding on to the estate, making sure it's going to be in good hands. At first, struggling, who's going to be the heir? And then you see Michelle Dockery's Lady Mary, who's actually trying to find out, am I an independent woman? Am I capable of running the estate? You get all those things and that's why you should check out Downton Abbey and binge, binge, binge. Oh my goodness, I'm going to do that just for Maggie Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Dynamic Network offers podcasts that have something for everyone. Our conversations feature experts who not only inform, but also engage. Interested in sports or entertainment? We got you covered. What about business, current news, pop culture, and politics? No problem. We take care of it all. Check out Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com, where every day brings a new perspective. Again, that's Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com. Also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.